Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Caroni, and this week we might have our most important episode so far. We're joined by Canadian journalist Ellen Roseman, and she's talking to us about prepayment penalties, those nasty things that come into effect when you break your mortgage commitment. Watch till the end of the episode where Ellen tells us how you might be able to avoid them. Enjoy. You're listening to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, where we chat with real estate experts from across the province to learn what's happening in the real estate market. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. And this week, a very special guest, Ellen Roseman. She's a journalist with the Toronto Star, host of the Money Saver Podcast. And on top of all of that, a financial educator. So first off, Ellen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here. So can you tell us where you're joining us from today, Ellen? I'm in Toronto right now, and uh, I live here and work here. And uh, we have some snow on the ground, but might not be as cold as where you are right now. We've had a little bit of a warmer streak here, so fingers crossed it kind of holds out for us. Um, just before we get into today's topic, Ellen, I just want to quickly touch on that you have a very impressive background in finance and kind of being a journalist, and you've covered it for a long time. And I'd just kind of like to talk about how you got into this line of business and why you're passionate about it. Right. Well, I started off uh, at working at uh, my university newspaper, the McGill Daily, and it was just a fun thing to do while I was going to university, though it did take up probably more time than my classes and never thought of it as a career. Um, I got an a, a honors philosophy BA and then I wanted to move out of my parents' house. So I moved to Toronto and got a master's in philosophy. And then I confronted the job market where everyone said, what are you going to do with a master's in philosophy? Like uh, my intended career was book publishing. And they told me that I'd find it really boring, that I'd be doing indexes all the time. And they had enough English literature graduates to deal with without me. So I kind of fell back on the journalism because I enjoyed it. And I ended up in business journalism because that's where the opportunities were. Not everybody wants to do business journalism. I wasn't sure that I did, but I got hired at a company that published trade publications. And I found out that it's fun covering business because, you know, like many people, politicians, for example, they don't always tell you the truth. But if you speak to their opponents, you get all kinds of interesting information from them. So you could always get at the truth through talking to rivals. And um, working in business journalism, I was at the Financial Post for a while. Then I discovered the consumer movement and the consumer beat. And that really, I, like as soon as I got into that was probably about 40 years ago when Canada had a very strong volunteer consumer movement. No longer, we, we still have people who like it, but not the full-time kind of workers that we used to have. But that was my passion from then on. So I just wrote about business from the consumer point of view, advocating for consumers for the next 30 or 40 years, first with the Globe and Mail and then with the Toronto Star. Great stuff. So today we're talking about just that. And I wanted to talk about something that home buyers might not see coming. And we're talking about prepayment penalties. Now, can you tell us what are prepayment penalties and how they can affect the average consumer? Yes, when you get a mortgage, you have a choice of going with a variable rate, 
which means that your rate can go up and down on a regular basis and you have no control over that. It's really the, um, the bond market, which affects the long-term rates on mortgages and the uh, Bank of Canada rate, which affects the short-term rate on mortgages. A lot of people, especially if they're first-timers, see this as, as uh, difficult and uh, frightening. They want to be in control of the rate. So they go for a fixed term rate, which is usually five years. So once you get that mortgage, you know for the next five years exactly what your payments are going to be and they're not going to change. The problem is that these fixed term rates might end up being much too high if the Bank of Canada rate goes down or if the bond market rate um, goes down as well. So you're stuck paying a much higher rate than you want. What do you do? You go back to your mortgage lender if you're in year one or two, they'll say, well, no matter, if, if you haven't got to the end of your five-year rate, they'll say there is a penalty you have to pay to get out of this mortgage. And then you ask them what it is. And if you are earlier on in the mortgage, if you're in year one or two, it can be very large, you know, five figures, 10,000, even 20,000, 25,000, depending on the size of your mortgage and how, how much time you have elapsed. As you get on later, it's not quite as bad. But there always is a penalty, and it's not clear what it is. A lot of people think it is a three-month interest penalty. Three months of interest doesn't sound so bad, but that is only the penalty on a variable rate mortgage. So with a variable rate, it's easy to get out. With a five-year fixed term rate, it can be really expensive because the big banks, which control a lot of the mortgage market, have a way of calculating those penalties that favor them them over you. For example, the biggest thing that people get upset about is when you're getting that five-year mortgage, the posted rate, which is the rate when you walk in, you might see it on the screen, or you might say, what's the rate they'll tell you. Rarely is that the rate you'll pay. You have a little bit of wiggle room, so you can negotiate with the bank, and they will give you a discounted rate. So you're paying this discounted rate for five years, but when it comes time to calculate the penalty, they will charge you the posted rate, even though you're not paying the posted rate. And here's the problem. The penalty compensates the bank for what they would lose if you got out of the mortgage early because they're instead of saying 4.79%, which you might have been paying five years ago, now you might be going down to 2%. So they want the difference between those two, but they exaggerate it by the way they calculate these penalties. And people find it distressing and upsetting. They don't know about it. They're not really disclosed properly because nobody really knows how the banks calculate penalties. It's not standardized and all the banks do their own way of doing it. But I will tell you, there've been a bunch of class actions that have been launched against the banks. Of course, class actions can take years in the courts, but at, at least one of them has been certified to go ahead. Uh, and it's based on the fact that the bank in question, CIBC, according to the judge, might have miscalculated the way these penalties should have been charged. So um, I always tell people that they should ask about the penalties before going ahead and breaking the mortgage. There is a good way to get out of that, which is if you can take your current mortgage to your next place if you're going somewhere else. Uh, and uh, that can help, especially if the house you're living in is too expensive. Say, during the COVID-19 crisis, you want somewhere where it's cheaper, you can uh, bring that mortgage with you and that will, will help. But, but it is a, a very upsetting thing for people 
and it's often coming as a big surprise. Lots of people don't have tens of thousands of dollars or even $5,000 sitting around to uh, maybe pay a penalty that they weren't really expecting. Yes. And the way, the, way it, 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 the, the formula is three months interest or the difference between the, the rate that you were paying and the current rate, whichever is greater. So you see three months interest first and then you figure out, well, the difference might not be very much but the banks have it in a way that makes it uh, more more favorable for them. So they will charge it in a way that exaggerates the penalty. And the interesting thing is these penalties change from day to day because interest rates change from day to day. So you have to ask at the beginning. You probably should ask when you put in an application to break the mortgage. And then even then, by the time you close on the refinancing, it might be a different penalty again. So you have to keep asking. Ellen, can you touch on some examples for us of how this plays out? Um, yes, I did an article for uh, a website called Lowest Rates and uh, lowestrates.ca. And it's an author called Sean Cooper, Burn Your Mortgage. Have you had him on yet? I haven't yes, had him on. I was thinking of getting him on, though, because it sounds like a very interesting yes, guy to be able to interview. Yes, he's all over the interview. place in the media, and he's a great speaker. So in his book, he talks about... Uh, um, a borrower called Samantha. She buys a condo in Calgary and has a five-year fixed-rate mortgage. By the way, about 70% of Canadians go for the five-rate fixed-year mortgage because it looks like a five-year fixed-rate mortgage. It looks like it's a good, uh, solid way to go, but they don't calculate on the mortgages. They don't predict or, you know, like five years is a long time and things can happen in five years as we know how life has changed in just the one year since COVID started. So um, it might be better for people, if they can, to do the variable rate, especially since mortgage rates are staying low for the next conceivable while. Um, so Samantha has uh, a five-year rate, and two years later, she accepts a job offer in Toronto, and she decides to sell her condo and rent in the new city. So she has no way to take that mortgage with her. Her rate is 2.99%. And her outstanding mortgage balance is 300000 So if it was just three months interest, as on a variable rate mortgage, her penalty would be $2,243. That's okay. That's reasonable. But since she signed up for a five-year rate, she also has to calculate her penalty using what they call, the banks call the IRD, the interest rate differential. Although her mortgage rate's only 2.99%, her lender uses the rate of 4.79%, which was the posted rate when she signed up. She has 36 months left on her mortgage, or three years. Her lender's current three-year fixed mortgage rate is 3.59%. Using the IRD, her penalty would be 300,000 times 36 months times 2.20%, which is the difference between 4.79% and 2.59% over 12 months. So that adds up to $19,800. So under three months interest, it's 2,200. Under uh, the IRD, it's 19,800, almost 20,000. So hardly close, hardly at all. That's an incredible number. Yeah. And that's because she's only two years in. But we never know, you know, life is not predictable. If you are in a job and you're offered a promotion in another city, chances are you're going to want to take it. You're not going to say, oh, I got to stay here because of this mortgage. Um, so 
it might be better to go for, say, a three-year mortgage with a fixed term, and probably the penalty will be less if you want some fixed rate in your life. Right. And uh, a stat that often gets thrown around is that about uh, six out of 10 Canadians break their mortgages at the 38th month mark. So it gives you an idea of kind of that time frame that most people's lives change, whether that's a new job, a divorce, life happens to a lot of people. Yes. Or just uh, the fact if interest rates go lower, a lot of people just do it because their, their mortgage rate is too high and they want to take advantage of lower rates. But then by the time they paid the penalty, there's no real advantage in doing this. Right. So me as the home buyer, how am I protecting myself against these big penalties? Well, one thing that you have to do if you are going ahead with this is to make sure that the bank has factored in the prepayment privileges that you get on your mortgage. And on a fixed rate mortgage, you usually have the ability to pay some percentage of it every year without a penalty. I think it's 10% on many mortgages. So you may not have done that 10% every year. You might not have had the cash. But as you're about to get that penalty calculated and to break the mortgage, you want to take whatever you can and put it into the unpaid prepayment privileges that you had. So make sure the banks do that. They might not even remember to tell you about it. They might just ignore it because they figured that they'll get more out of you if you pay the full penalty. But always ask about the prepayment privileges and make sure you've used all those up. Um, another thing you can do, though, it, it sounds kind of weird. If you have a 10-year mortgage, a 10-year mortgage term, there are some 10-year mortgages around, and you've gone through the first five years and then you want to break your mortgage in the second five years... You can do that without the uh, interest rate differential uh, if you have paid a certain amount of, of money on the mortgage. So those are still somewhat exempt. Um, the other thing you can do is look elsewhere for your lenders. You know, the banks are big and powerful and they're on every corner and you know who they are. But there are a number of lenders who are um, uh, alternatives to the bank. I'm not talking about those that will come in if you have a terrible credit score and you've gone bankrupt and you have all these difficulties. Those are like the uh, the lenders for people with damaged credit. But I'm talking about those who are similar to banks but are not chartered banks, and they offer mortgages without those big prepayment penalties. They just don't calculate them the same way. So if it's something that you're worried about if you see in your future that there might be a promotion or there might be an illness that will require you to leave your job or... You might have parental duties that require you to work part-time, any of that kind of stuff. You might look for an alternative lender and use a mortgage broker. I know I'm speaking uh, <laughs> uh, magic to your ears, but uh, mortgage lenders, the way they work, they're on the borrower's side and they're going to present some of the uh, key decisions to people and help guide them through what they should be doing. And I would sh I'm sure that a mortgage broker could say, if you're worried about a penalty, that's a five-figure penalty, 20000 20, as in Samantha's case, here are some of the lenders that you won't have to worry about. Well, and one thing that we often say to a client is sometimes the best rate is not going to save you the most money. So it's sometimes a choice between one or the other. You might be able to get that five-year fixed and it might be the lowest rate, but in the long term, if you have to end up breaking that, it might end up costing you quite a bit if you're not ready for that. Yes, yes. And uh, I wish the banks were more upfront about it, 
But they just fall back on the argument that, you know, it's different in every case and they have to do the calculation and you have to wait and see. And uh, even if you look in the terms of your mortgage document, it just tells you that there's a, a penalty of three months, the you know, three months interest or the interest rate differential, whichever is greater, which doesn't really enlighten you in any way. It should be that these examples should be written out before you even break the mortgage to let you know, or before you even take on the mortgage to let you know what you might be encountering. Because, uh, you know, you, you have to feel sorry for people. If they're breaking the mortgage before five years, sometimes it's for a better opportunity, but sometimes it's their life is really not in great shape. And this is something that makes them feel even worse. Yeah, you bet. So if someone is looking for more information on this topic, are there resources out there for them, Ellen? Uh, yes, there are uh, a number of articles. If you just write uh, in your search engine, you know, mortgage penalty, uh, mortgage penalties in Canada, uh, you know, who has the best uh, policy? So you might find some articles there. Uh, also, um, Canada.ca, that's the federal government's website. They have some excellent articles about money there. So if you just do Canada.ca slash money and then start looking at the stuff on mortgages, they've got very extensive articles about mortgage or, or mortgage penalties. So they're a good place to go. There's something called the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada, which is part of the Department of Finance, and it's out there to help educate consumers. So a lot of their articles are up there. And then um, probably, uh, you know, just looking at some general purpose websites like Money Sense or rate hub uh which is now the owner of money sense or uh canadian business or just a lot of newspapers write about it for a while there when i started covering this this was back in 2008 which was the financial crisis around the world and mortgage rates plunged so there was a huge difference between the previous mortgage rates and the current ones and that's when the penalties were really high and then mortgage rates fell 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 and now they're pretty low but still, there is a difference between what you might have had a few years ago versus what you have now. So the penalties have never disappeared, but they have gotten smaller in most cases. So anything else to add on prepayment penalties that we haven't touched on in my questions, Ellen? Any tidbits to, to add for the folks out there? Um, well, you should ask about um, taking your mortgage to uh, another property if you're moving. If you're staying in the same property and rates have come down, uh, instead of getting breaking the mortgage to get the lowest rates, you can ask them about blend and extend. So that's a way of taking your current rate and, uh, you know, blending it in with the existing rates, which are lower and ending up with a lower rate. It's not as low as what you would get if you would break the mortgage but then you don't have a penalty attached. So that's a, a very good option. And either the bank or the uh, mortgage broker can help you decide whether that's a good option for you. Right. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, Ellen, it, we're, we're going to talk about you for a second. If you could go back and give yourself some advice to a, a younger version of yourself, what would you tell yourself and why? Um, I'm now at the point where I have a pretty good investment portfolio and it all started with an RSP. Uh, in the days when I started my RSP, there was no tax-free savings account. And I managed to put money away in the RSP most years. Um, 
not a lot, but it was a habit that I kept using. I did take a bit out when I had uh, uh, my children, uh, but, you know, I kept working on the RSP. And then I rarely saw it as an emergency fund, as some people do, because it is quite expensive to get money out of your RSP. You pay taxes when it comes out. There's a withholding fee. And then the next year when you do your tax returns, there's more tax to pay. So it was a good psychological you know, place for my money because I couldn't nab it for the next vacation or you know, new suite of furniture or anything like that. So I think it's important for everyone to, to just not worry about how much money they have, but just get into the habit of saving regularly and putting it into a tax shelter because the government does give you good ways to avoid taxes when you're young. And eventually when you get to retirement, you will have enough money in that account to supplement your government pension and have a better lifestyle. Um, And uh, certainly it's great to pay off your mortgage as well, but don't wait until your mortgage is all paid off to start saving for retirement. Try and do both if you can. A lot of people recommend that you you take your tax refund from the RSP contribution and then use it to uh, put on onto your mortgage Uh, because both are good. Uh, and, and I don't think that you should wait too long, especially since these days it's pretty hard to make money from interest rate investments. You know, savings accounts, GICs are all paying one to two percent. You know, the rule of 72, your money takes 36 years to double, which is crazy. So I would say uh, learn how to invest, take a course, start investing with something like a robo advisor, which are those companies that, you know, figure out a portfolio for you and balance it for you and you can do it all on your phone and it's really easy. And instead of waiting until February 28th, which is the RSP deadline, put it in regularly all during the year so then you don't have to worry. And just get into that regular habit of saving and having it come off your paycheck right away so you don't even notice that it's missing. You just live on what's left. Ellen, you've given us a ton of great information. So before we end up, just thank you so much for that. If people want to follow you online or they'd like more information on you yourself, on your podcast, on your writings, how can they keep up to date with what's happening with Ellen? My website is www.ellenroseman.com. And there's a lot of information there. I'm quite active on Twitter. You can follow me there. I'm just at Ellen Roseman. And, um, at lowest rates, I write there probably every month to six weeks. Uh, so all that is good. And uh, I'm there uh, for the consumer. I don't even write for the Toronto Star anymore. I retired about a year ago. But people still ask me if I can help. And whenever I can, I do. I can, uh, What I my skill is is connecting them to the large corporations where you might be calling, calling, waiting on the line. Nobody answers. You can't get through. You're on hold. They hang up. I can get through to the decision makers and help get them their problems resolved. And I just do that now as a hobby because it's just so much fun. That's fantastic. Ellen, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with me to share that great information. I know the people out there are kind of picking up their jaw right now from, you know, some of this information (laughs) about prepayment penalties, but I think it's really important that people stay educated on this stuff and, and, and do the, do the due diligence to look into it, to find someone who's going to help you with this stuff and, and, you know, maybe read some of your great articles about this. Cause that's how I found you. And I, me being a, a mortgage professional, I was reading and I was like, this is really great stuff. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Ron. It was a pleasure talking to you.
Thanks again to Ellen for that great information. If you still have a question about prepayment penalties, feel free to connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. I would be happy to answer any questions you have left. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the like and subscribe button. And if you know someone who is in the home buying or renewal process, please share this episode with them. Thanks for watching. This has been the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode, find more information and episodes on our Facebook and YouTube pages. If you'd like to be a guest or have a conversation you'd like to learn more about, let us know by messaging the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening.